Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Lucky back from, uh, I guess this was your first NHL uh, play-by-play for this season? For this season, yeah. Yeah, in Ottawa. And how did that go? Uh, went well, I thought, uh, overall. I mean, it was um, a lot of prep involved, obviously, in order to do it. And it was, it was nervous and excited, excited to get it kind of all going and get the mm. puck drop going. And went to the... We got on air. I thought it, it went all right. So it's a long way from that booth to the ice, and it's, a, it's it? an adjustment from, from you know in Oshawa where I've done play by play for for so long. It, it, you just get so accustomed to your surroundings. Mm-hmm. I've got my notes in one spot, and I know where to look for everything. And you're really only maybe a hundred feet from the ice, like you're right over top of it at mm-hmm. center ice. You know, NHL rinks tend to put the booths either in a gondola up at the roof, which is a lot taller, uh, or at the back of the nosebleeds, which is like <laughs> it's a really tough situation to try and see names and numbers from. You, you get the the back number, the side numbers um, tough, helmet numbers impossible, and the name is questionable at times too. So you've already, I guess, gone in and made demands. I want the booth closer yes, to the I've, ice, uh, and, and they're I gonna, need... they're going to construct the Mike Luck <laughs> broadcast center everywhere in the NHL. I'm yeah, sure. That's right. Oh yeah, I need this booth all reorganized. Yeah. This doesn't work this doesn't for, me. Fit for me. This is <laughs> not the feng shui is off in here. Now was there a discussion of uh, Ryan Reynolds, or was there a Ryan Reynolds viewing? There's lots of uh, no no sighting. Uh, there was uh, there was uh, talk and buzz, of course, about Ryan Reynolds in, in Ottawa, and and uh, and there's still talk about it as well. Some other names have kind of come into the mix mm. um, when it comes to the centers. It, it's it's the amount of money, right? And what is crazy too is that you know we're talking about maybe 655 million dollars of the valuation for the Senators right mm. now, uh, and that is the lowest of any of the Canadian teams. Mm. Like the Leafs' valuation is just over two billion. But you have to remember, like you know, they own the rink and the the land, right? And and the condos beside it. There's there's a lot that goes into that valuation mm-hmm. too. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, it's glad, I'm glad that it went well for you. I mean, I I was once again wondering why a, a guy has to take Friday off and stick me with his Sunday shift. <laughs> there's a little bit of preparation involved, but I will yeah, say I saw this, that this time around it was uh, it was also because. Uh, Boys had a a hockey tournament, yeah. uh, so one was going to be away. I had to get the other to school, and uh, and the dog to take care of as well. Well, let me just tell you this right now, my friend. Right, I totally support you. In all ways that I can't. Until it affects your life. Exactly. <laughs> and if you think I'm going to step up for your side hustle and family issues, right. you've got another thing coming. Well, and thank you to Ted Reader as well for, for pinch hitting for me at the at the Phoenix yeah. on Friday night. He did a great job. Silent Night. Yeah, we... Uh, or a big gig it was. That's right, yeah. We uh, went up and introduced a Conaline crush by myself and uh, got a good round of booze for Ottawa when I told everybody <laughs> you were there. Of course you did. And then we brought Teddy Reader up. And he got to uh, scream, "Come up, finger 11, And he quite enjoyed that. So that that was uh, that was fun. Now I, I do have a question. Okay. So there was a photo that you posted where right. you're supposedly going into a gym at the oh, hotel. No, no, no. Yeah, you had the towel around your neck, yes. and you made some comment about going to work out. And I thought to myself, 
Does Lucky actually think that because he's going to be on camera across the country, he's going to roll into a gym in a hotel looking like Porky Pig <laughs> <laughs> and coming out 10 minutes later looking like Dwayne no, the no, Rock Johnson? No, the, the photo was for the coveted Hockey Night in Canada towel, which I got my hands on one. And as I said in the picture, geared up for the gym, but... Given that I don't go to the gym, that towel will remain crisp and white. <laughs> it's a nice looking towel. Can I have one? <laughs> I've had a few requests. No. A 93-year-old uh, uh, gentleman uh, has uh, just won himself uh, uh, a million bucks on a lottery ticket. 93. Mm. Says he plans to share some of the money with his caregivers. That's nice. Yeah, that is good of him. I would suspect all of a sudden he's going to have a lot of grandchildren he never met coming out of the woodwork. So you better make sure you share it with all the caregivers, because the one who doesn't get a cut yeah. is going to leave you hanging. That's the day he's putting in your catheter. Yeah, I, you know, and it's always it's funny with the lottery wins because it always seems like it's it's older people who win, and it that that's got to be a tough spot because if you're in your twenties or thirties, you know you've you can figure things out. You talk to lawyers and, and, and all of that. And, and you could really just play the look at I'm young and just getting my life going. I'm going to buy a house. I mean, you know, get, give me some breathing room here. But if you're older and, you know, you've got your retirement kind of set up and you, you've got a house and maybe it's paid for. Oh, my gosh. The hands coming out. If you're in your 70s, say, and you win a million bucks. Well, what do you need it for? Yeah. I got to pay for my kids' education. I got car loans. My wife's driving me crazy to take a vacation. Like everybody in your family would be on you for some cash. Well, mind you, and we've kind of said this before about other lottery wins. A million isn't enough to really share around all that much. Nope. Right. You know, if you got a lot of hands creeping up asking for payoff mortgages and kids' mm -hmm. educations, that million isn't going very far. No, not listen. Nowadays, when some people are are paying, if they win a million and they're still covering about eight hundred thousand dollars in a mortgage, <laughs> yeah, it's going to get eaten up pretty quick. But uh, anyhow, ninety three year old dude wins a, a million bucks. Blue on strippers. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction went down at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles Saturday night. Class of twenty twenty two going in. The new Hall of Famers included Duran Duran, Pat Benatar. Neil Giraldo, The Eurythmics, Lionel Richie, Judas Priest, Carly Simon, Dolly Parton, Eminem, all going in. What an eclectic concert. Yeah. Five hours long this thing went for. <laughs> I mean, once they edit it down for HBO, it's down to about 90 minutes. Front row, didn't go to the bathroom once. No. Uh, there's some great photos going around of Rob Halford and Dolly Parton on stage together. J Rob Halford, of course, uh, lead singer for Judas Priest. So not two people you would necessarily, no. you know, envision on stage together. Although it was funny, they were basically both wearing the same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob's aging. Which one had bigger boobs? <laughs> well, Rob's were a little droopy. <laughs> his boobs were down around his uh, belly. Um, uh, Rob was a part of the All-Star Jam on Dolly's uh, Joel. And, uh, you know, she's just so terrific. People just really uh, love her. And she's having this, this um, there's just a big love in for her uh, these days. And she can't seem to do uh, any wrong in, in people's uh, eyes. And she, she said, you know, I don't even know that I deserve to be going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I guess I better show people I got the chops. And she was playing guitar and being very bluesy and rocky. And I guess she wrote some new song called Rock. And so... She's putting in the effort. I mean, listen, she's no spring chicken. She could have just mailed the whole thing in. But right. she's actually out there trying and she's having fun. She's always been very genuine, I think. Mm -hmm. 
There's an appeal to her. Yeah, for sure. Very real. Um, That's kind of sad. Duran Duran was down one member. Guitarist Andy Taylor had to skip the ceremony because he's battling stage four mm -hmm. prostate cancer. So Robert Downey Jr. inducted Duran Duran. And uh, Simon, Le bon, Simon Le Bon said uh, he read a letter from Taylor in which he uh, thanked the greatest fans a group could ever have. And uh, so that was nice. And then a surprise moment where uh, Lionel Richie was up performing easy. And Dave Grohl joined him. Wow. Dave Grohl joins anybody. Anyway. <laughs> I saw a guy at a local pub. Dave Grohl dropped on the stage with him. And uh, they did easy together. So okay. Yeah. And I guess Lionel was there with his uh, girlfriend. Lionel's 73. His girlfriend is 33. Okay. 40 years. Yeah. Which one was easy? <laughs> Nothing's easy for him anymore. Everybody, everything takes time and patience and medication. And a big blue pill. How many phones do you think will be tossed away in the garbage heap in just this year alone? Oh, man. When you talk about all the new phones that come out. Yeah. Especially with you know Black Friday coming mm -hmm. and Christmas. Yeah, there'll be a lot. Five billion what? More than enough to stretch all the way around the equator. The different uh, apron colors at Starbucks mean different things. The standard one is the green. A black apron is given to long-time team members who have earned the coveted coffee master designation. The red and orange aprons have been worn for various holidays, but the rarest of the rare apron is the purple. Those are for the barista champions, and only 26 employees are granted that honor each year. Stiff competition. Okay. <laughs> they brought coffee. They probably all deserve those um, purple aprons like Elvis deserved his black belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Elvis. At least you can see the purple apron. The yeah. black belt it disappeared. Was hidden underneath that boiler. You see some of the photos of when he was really getting into karate and kung fu or whatever it was he was doing, and he's working with like these. The, the most, uh, you know, the Bruce Lees of the industry. The guys who really know what they're doing. Yeah. And he's got those ridiculous poses. And you, you, you can just see their face. It looks like they just want to <laughs> laugh at him. But he's convincing them he's got this black belt. And it supposedly he would have family and his entourage sit around for hours while he would show them his moves. Really? Oh. I mean, I love the man, but he must have been painfully annoying a lot of the time. <laughs> Uh, the price of textbooks increases by an average of 12% with every new edition. In between 77 and 2015, the cost of textbooks increased 1,041%. Do they, they still buy books at university now, or is it all done online? It, probably a lot of it. Well, when my son started at university, he got roped into buying one book, and there was something wrong with it, and I think he went to take it back to the uh, school uh, library or bookstore, and they wouldn't give him a refund. And the book was over like 200 bucks, and he had to buy another one. He said, well, that's not happening. And then, because he's really good on that there computer, he ended up, I think after that, downloading every book. He found them everywhere and never wow. paid a dime. Good call. He said, never again. Yeah, I remember, well, we're going back a long time now, but, but that first week every year at university was... You know, go back, go in and find out what textbooks you would need. Right. And then you got to go to the campus bookstore and just load up yeah. hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And, and it would be funny because like, some of the profs were the ones who wrote the book, the right. textbook. 
but they change the edition every year, and they just change up like page numbers and stuff, like right. move chapters around to <laughs> to say, well, you you better get the new one, yeah, so you can follow along in class. Such a scam. Uh, the world record for the longest lost elections belongs to a fine Canadian fella named John Termal. The longest, what, streak of lost elections? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, he, he, I guess, was involved in all levels of politics and ran for all sorts of different offices and never won any of them. Uh, 100 elections lost and counting. <laughs> Good on him. For, you know, they kept trying. That's some sticking with it, power. Yeah. If I were him, I would have said, they're all fixed. They were stolen. Does he just leave the signs out like some of these people I see around town? <laughs> yeah, they're not supposed to, right? No, they're supposed to be gone a couple of days ago. Yeah. So listen, Donald Trump, relax. You lost one. <laughs> Look at Johnny here. He kept going. They're all rigged. Yeah, that's right. The Energizer Bunny, he just kept going. Here's a little uh, tip for your cooking of your veggies. Um, veggies that grow underground, like beets, carrots, and potatoes, should be boiled starting in cold water. Vegetables that grow above ground, like corn, peas, and greens, should be placed in already boiling water. Oh. That's something to consider or remember. The famous painting of dogs playing poker is actually called A Friend in Need. It was painted by a guy named Cash Coolidge, who also created those big cardboard cutouts you stick your head in at tourist spots. Well, he's not getting credit for all those. I don't know. He invented them, I guess, if he had some patent on them. I'm not sure how that works. Right. But good on him. Matt Groening is the creator of The Simpsons. You know the name. Uh-huh. And he has a son named Homer. Does he really? But he goes by Will. All right. That would make sense. And who'd want to be known as Homer? Right. But he was born before the show was developed. So he named Homer after his son Homer? I guess so, yeah. And made him an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe his son is. <laughs> maybe he goes by Will because he can't spell Homer. <laughs> It's pretty common knowledge that the first video MTV ever played was Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. But do you know what the second video was? Uh, no. Pat Benatar's You Better Run. Oh, wow. She was, I mean, she was a real staple uh, in the early days of MTV because she was so attractive. Yeah, yeah. she was very pretty and she looked great on television. Um, The equals sign was invented by a mathematician in Wales in 1557. Before that, people would actually write out, is equal to. Oh, my goodness. Thank yeah. you to that guy. Yeah. yeah. Imagine having to do a division problem and is equal to every time. Just another reason why sometimes the good old days were not so good. <laughs> I mean, in 1557, you'd, you'd barely lived to like 30. The, the lead in the pencil was killing you. <laughs> and you're writing more. Yeah. The pencil would last longer than you. <laughs> um. The average car on the road is now a record 12.2 years old. And I got that beat by miles. <laughs> You're above average. I am. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Craigie wins one. Yay, Craigie. It is time to chat with the godfather of the grill, our pally, Ted Reader, on the line, Helinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, Teddy, i got to share this story with you, which will lead into a conversation about uh, grilling. But a woman, and Lucky and I were just talking about this earlier, a uh, woman went to a barbecue joint, and she ordered uh, some smoked pork. And when it got to her, it had a slight pink tinge to it. She complained and c- claimed her pork was undercooked. But the owner said, no, it's perfect. That's what pork looks like when you smoke it. 
She didn't believe him, left the store, called 911 and turned it into a big thing. She wanted a refund. They offered to exchange it for chicken. They even offered to exchange it and throw in a free piece of chicken. She wasn't having it. So 911 was called. Uh, when I read this story, I just think to myself, because you at the joint and, and other owners of restaurants and barbecue places must have to put up with this kind of craziness all the time. You're the expert. You know how things get smoked or grilled. And when someone stands there and says, my pork is a little pink, you, you, you just want to take their food and throw it out the window. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and them out the yeah. window as well. Yeah, some some days you'd like to do that, but uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, some people are uh, get to be a little bit unreasonable. Yeah, um, meats do take on a pinkish hue when uh, when smoked. Uh, specifically, well, one they should understand that pork is pink anyhow. Right. Yeah. Um, and but when it, when you smoke, you get this uh, intensified pinkness to it you get a on on meat it'll be a smoke ring so you get this layer of smoke and on chicken especially uh, a lot of customers will say hey the chicken's undercooked and it's not it's fully cooked and it's smoked all the way through but the the, the smoke changes the color of the meat and gives you this pinkness to it uh, we cook uh, our chicken to like 185 degrees and it's pink on the inside mm. and that's the way it is and pork and too. Due to the smoke. Ted, pork gets a bad rap as well. There are some cultures that won't eat it in in general, but uh, a lot of times people think that it has to be cooked to that you know well or cooked all the pink out of it, and it, and, and really that internal temperature doesn't have to be that high. Medium is fine, right? Medium is great for for certain cuts. Uh, a pork shoulder and ribs you're going to take to uh, ribs you'll take up to about 190, 195 degrees mm. uh, internal temperature. A pork shoulder you're for it to be able to to pull you need to really hit that 200, 203 degree mark, and it it's, it, it will it will it will move. But pig is is the miracle animal. And it's got all the great flavors. And uh, whether it's, it's cooked, pork tenderloin is cooked to medium rare. Um, in some countries, pork is eaten raw. In Germany, uh, pork tartare is a thing. And it's a great thing. It's delicious. I have it every time I get off the plane when I land in Germany. It's, Not a pint uh, first, Ted? <laughs> no, it's a pint and a raw pork sandwich. Yeah, a pint with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Pork, pork is interesting, Ted, because, yes, we all love bacon, and even vegetarians who smell bacon cooking uh, say, oh, my God, that's the one meat that could bring me back over. But uh, but the pig is an interesting animal in that I've always assumed it was a white meat like chicken, but I had read recently that it's actually a, a red meat, mm -hmm. even though when you cook it. Well, you buy a pork course. tenderloin, it's yeah, red, right? Yeah, but, but I, I don't know. I struggle all the time, Ted, because... Bacon is great, but every time I buy pork chops, and they always look great at Helinda's, wherever you're buying them, they're all soft and they look lovely, but they're always dry and boring. I'm always putting tons of condiments on the side just to choke it back, and then I think, that's it, I'm done with the pork chops again. What's some tricks to making pork chops nice and moist and tasty? Well, the key is not to overcook them. The key, the key is really to keep them to about the, at most 155 internal degrees, and then let them rest. Okay. When you're when you're buying your pork chops, the the loin is it can be very lean, or or you get closer up to the shoulder part. Uh, that loin, uh, the butt end is well marbled, 
and that's usually a little bit more tender as well okay. uh, because you have those layers of internal fat you have that those uh, and it'll bring out more flavor fat is flavor and so if you're doing just a, a lean pork chop you want to get that on hot you want to get that off fast okay that's it. That's the key, man. A little salt yeah. and pepper, and that's it. And and Ted, yep. maybe buying, make sure you, it, uh, thicker cut if you can select that or have your butcher cut that for you. That might help keep it moist, and maybe buy it on the bone as well when it comes to the chop. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well marbled meat uh, has internal flecks of fat. Those are going to be a little bit more tender and uh, more flavorful than something that's just solid meat. You want to get some marbling in there. And something we haven't talked about in a long time, Ted, uh, is the, the use of the syringe. I know that you're always big on squirting in butter or all sorts of things into chicken breasts and that type of thing. What would we uh, squeeze into a, a pork chop with a syringe? Well, you can do a quick uh, brine on a pork chop. So you could uh, do a saltwater brine and place your pork chops in that. Uh, if the, Usually brining, you would do a whole loin and then cut the chops afterwards. Mm. But if you're going to brine your pork like you would brine a turkey, similar process, uh, you'll get more flavor into it, and uh, you'll enhance that moisture a little bit. Okay. And then if you're going to inject, um, apple juice is a nice thing. Works makes really sense. Well. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. little apple juice or a little fresh apple cider, and uh, mix that with a touch of water, and then inject that, and you're fine to go. All right. You can pretty much do anything. Some you can use, uh, if you want, is, is vegetable stock or chicken stock or pork stock and uh, inject with that and get lots of that porky flavor going. Yeah, it's uh, and it's a great meat in that it's uh, it's tasty. It's, uh, well, when done properly, like Ted does it, unlike me, where it ends up like a shoe. But it's also, uh, compared to other cuts, uh, cheaper. So in today's economy, with groceries being so expensive, it's like I'm always amazed when you see the, a turkey breast uh, at, the, at the grocery store next to the chicken breast, and the chicken breast is like $12, and the, and the, the turkey breast is like 5 Why is it that a turkey breast is so much cheaper than a chicken breast, Ted? I can't answer that question. That, that would be left up to the retailers on how they do that and market that. But I'll, I'll, I'll say right now that meat prices are pretty decent in, in retail. Okay. What's out of control is produce. Oh, okay. And it's gotten a little bit ridiculous. I think uh, retailers are, um, well, they want to make all their margins, so they want to make their profits for their shareholders. And but you know I was at a I was at a grocery store on the weekend and a three pack of romaine lettuce was eleven dollars and ninety nine cents. I saw you post yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah, you I don't have, like lettuce that much. You got a great line. That's right. <laughs> I'm not that big of a fan of salad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and, crazy. And it is crazy. Produce is is uh, one. It doesn't have much of a shelf life, mm. uh, and two, it shouldn't be priced like that. And we're paying for that because we're paying for the fuel charges and everything else. And then the retailers want to make their margins, right? And that's it. And they won't uh, they won't reduce that margin. And so that's the way it's going to be. So stop buying lettuce. You know, when you're <laughs> when you're in the grocery store and you see a head of iceberg for six bucks, mm. uh, go buy a, a local cabbage instead of a, a head of uh, iceberg that comes from California. 
Right, right. Right? And sometimes now you see with, with produce that you can go to, like, the deli counter at a grocery store, and sometimes I'll look at their pre-made salads, and they'll have, like, a Greek salad. or they'll have, And I think I can buy one of these, a large container of it, for, say, $10. And I go do the math. If I were to go buy the feta, the lettuce, the cucumbers, the tomatoes, and make it myself, it's going to be double the price. So sometimes just getting the pre-made stuff helps. It does if you're only going to have that for that one meal, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're buying all of those ingredients, you know, you're hopefully going to get more than one meal out of it. You right. may get three or four uh, Greek salads out of that and, right. and enjoy it. And you should, you know, produce is a great thing. And so look at the, where the produce is coming from. Uh, you'll find that peppers are a little bit cheaper because they come from Ontario. Okay. Things that are being shipped in are going to be more expensive. And right now, the thing that's going through the roof is lettuce. All right. That is so odd. All right. We'll keep an eye out on that. That's a good tip, Teddy. I don't even think I have ever bothered looking as to where the produce came from. I, you know, when I buy my avocados, I'm pretty sure they come from southern climate. But, uh, but yeah, buy stuff from Ontario. That makes perfect sense. Teddy, if someone wants to talk to you about grilling, produce, uh, pork, chicken, whatever, turkey breast, chicken breast, how do they get a hold of you? You're going to find me at Ted Grills. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.